I heard today that the sheriff now values your neck at 500 gold pieces. I say we take him in. Will, do you think that the sheriff will give everything back after I'm gone? He'll give us the reward and our pardons. Wrong. Well, stretch your necks one by one. What would you have us do? Fight armored men on horseback with, with, with rocks in our bare hands? Needs be. But with the one true weapon that escapes you, Will. Courage. I, for one, would rather die than to spend my life in hiding. The sheriff calls us outlaws. But I say we are free. And one free man defending his home is more powerful than 10 hired soldiers. Crusades taught me that. I will make you no promises save one. That if you truly believe in your hearts that you are free, then I say we can win. I've been waiting for something to happen For a week or a month or a year With the blood in the ink of the headlines And the sound of the crowd in my ear You might ask what it takes to remember When you know that you've seen it before Where a government lies to a people And a country is drifting to war there's a shadow on the faces of the men who sent the gun To the wars that are fought in places where their business interest runs On the radio talk shows and the TV You hear one thing again and again How the USA stands for freedom And we come to the aid of a friend but who are the ones that we call our friends? These governments killing their own Or the people who finally can't take anymore And they pick up a gun or a brick or a stone And there are lights in the balance everybody this is ed hoffman and welcome to the main event open up with that scene from robin hood prince of thieves i think it fit i think it fit with the uh what the ukrainians are going through you know one free man defending his home can is is stronger than 10 hired hired soldiers you know what i think that's i think that's what we're seeing we're seeing the ukrainians ask the European Union for freedom. They're asking. They're asking NATO for uh, for help. They're asking America for help. And what are we doing? Nothing. Nothing. And I've talked. And I've talked to a talked to a lot of people uh, in the last in the last week, uh, military people that um, don't want to go on the radio just yet. Um, but I'll I'll throw in I'll throw in some things that I've learned. That song was uh, "Lives in the Bounce" from 1986, Jackson Brown. Um, you know, USA stands for freedom, and we come to the aid of our friends. Where did that happen? Where did that go away? 
That's always been what America's about. I was talking to one of my friends who's a retired Air Force, Air National Guard, and uh, and uh, he actually he actually at one point took me in a on a uh, tour of the Reaper operations at March Air Force Base in Moreno Valley. Um, you know, we did we we uh, donated a bunch of money to uh, to rehab the the VFW in Moreno Valley. And as a thank you, they say, "Hey, we want to we want to give you a tour of the Reaper operations." Which the Reaper is the drone. There was the Reaper, and there was uh, another one before that. Um, that was unmanned drones that were flying around Iraq and Afghanistan at the time. And I actually got to sit in the simulator where they train where they train people to pilot these things from March Air Force Base. So you got one guy flying the flying the Reaper around, and one guy's aiming the guns. And uh, so one of their guys was was doing the Reaper and or was doing the flying, and I got to sit on the guns and and shoot out uh shout you know shoot uh, tanks and tanks and uh, and um, military installations in Iraq. I wasn't really; it was a simulator where they train, but got to see how they train these guys and and how it works. So I text him and I said, "Hey, wouldn't this be a good thing? We don't want to send our guys over." over to war, but we want to, we want to help our friends and wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be, uh, uh, fitting to send the, the unmanned reapers out there and, uh, and take, and take out the, the Russian army and, uh, you know, keep the, keep the skies safe. And he said, no, this is, this is more of a job for a, uh, for F-22s and F-35s. And we had a conversation about that. I also have a friend that, uh, that flies F-35s and uh, he had some comments. I'll I'll throw them in as as we go. Um, but these guys, you know, our guys don't like seeing what's happening when they know they could come and and overpower everybody in less than a day. Um, and I know there's politics involved, but since when do we let do we let this happen? Since when do we let bullies just go and 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 just kill people and we don't do anything about it? I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about that today, and I'm going to uh, and I'm going to talk about a lot of other stuff that's going on in this country and my opinion of it. In case you didn't know, uh, but first, let me introduce myself. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, you need financing. You want to talk to someone that will give you advice based on what's best for you, not just what's the most profitable to sell you. Um, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to talk with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone just yet, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo, and that'll take you to my lending page. There, there you can put in as much information as you want to give me. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. And whether that whether you're uh, wanting to refinance a piece of property you own or whether you want to purchase a piece of property you'd like to own and uh, or whether you're a uh, and whether that's in California or Arizona or Nevada, Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, Virginia, Maryland, New Hampshire, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Montana, Idaho, or, uh, Oregon, or Washington. I think that's it. <clears throat> I might have left. I must might have left one of the states out. 
if you're wanting to get out of here and pick up a piece of property in one of the other states. Oh, I forgot to add North Carolina. Do a North Carolina now too. If you're uh, if you're thinking you want to escape from California property, call me before you uh, just surf the internet for uh, some uh, nameless, faceless in, uh, uh, lender that will <clears throat> may or may not steer you in the right direction. Call me if so, or go on edhoffman.net. If you hear any part of the show you want repeated, stay on edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. You can see here this show as well as several past shows, and you can uh, listen to them. Uh, on demand, you can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can uh, subscribe for free. iTunes, also known as Apple Podcasts, I have to—I'm old school guy. I've been calling it iTunes because it used to be called iTunes. Now it's called Apple Podcasts. Um, and you could subscribe for free, have it download to your device, your computer, your phone, whatever you listen to podcasts on. And uh, we—I record Friday mornings, and you—and it uploads Friday afternoon, and it'll download to your device somewhere thereafter. Um, if you have comments on the show, send an email to ed at ed, ed at edhoffman.net and, uh, I will read those and, uh, sometimes respond on email and sometimes respond on the radio. Depends on how mean you are to me or how nice you are. So let's talk about what's going on. Um, we've all seen the horrifying images of the blown up, blown up children's hospitals, deceased children. Now we know Putin used thermal barrack vacuum bombs in these attacks that literally sucked the air, air out of human lungs. Actually, my friend that talked to me about this said, hey, we have those same same things, and you drop those on big buildings, and they will literally turn your body inside out. And I said, so what? They'll just collapse the lung? He goes, they'll do way more than that. They'll suck your body inside out. As I mean, pull your guts out your mouth, among other places. So... Those things, those things are actually against the the Geneva Convention. There, you know, the reason that the reason that we're so afraid of nuclear nuclear bombs is because if we remember what we dropped in Japan, uh, we dropped atomic weapons that were uh, that were nothing near what we have today, and they and they basically just melted everything. They melted people. People that actually lived through it found their skin skin coming off. You know, and it, and, it, and it didn't happen. Hey, you know, I'm peeling like I had a sunburn. You know, it was way worse than that. And it was, and I don't think we, anybody knew. And they go, oh my God, what did we do? These thermobaric bombs are, are just as gross. They're just as gross and just as horrifying. And, and Putin is using them. He's dropping bombs on nuclear energy sites. Which could be a which could be a, a huge nuclear accident. They pulled the power from uh, from uh, Chernobyl, which could create a great nuclear nuclear disaster. And because they got to keep the rods cooled that are in there, he's already going nuclear. But we're afraid to do anything because he might go nuclear. I'm just not understanding that. But according to our intelligence officials, we have to be careful with our intervention because. Too much support from the West will be treated like an escalation by Putin, inspiring him to start using nuclear weapons. What does that mean? He's already he's already going nuclear. He's already using weapons of 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 nuclear nature. But we're we don't want to we don't want to make him mad. So we're just gonna let this we're gonna let this uh this this spoiled child just go through and destroy everything. And kill people, and we're not going to do anything about it. I understand the the politics behind this, that you know 
But, you know, if once he goes over Poland, now it's in NATO, and NATO already has an agreement. Attack on one of us is an attack on all of us. Here's an idea that someone in my office came up with. What if you just sent a, a NATO Air Force and did a, a, low, a low-level flyby by the Russian army? Or maybe across Moscow. Don't drop any bombs. Just do a low-level flyby and let them see, let them see the, the unified air force of NATO of all these different countries, 27 different countries. And let's just see a big old, and just let them know, hey, we're ready for you. Let's see how brave Putin is then. Um, then here's the director of national intelligence, Avril Haines, and someone who's been called the most competent member of Biden's cabinet, which isn't saying much, CIA director William Burns. Analysts assess that Putin is unlikely to be deterred by such setbacks and instead may escalate, essentially doubling down to achieve Ukrainian disarmament. We assess Putin feels aggrieved the West does not give him proper deference and perceives this as a war he cannot afford to lose. Russian doctrine holds that you know you escalate to de-escalate. Russian leadership considering uh, the use of tactical nuclear weapons, but I, I stress that that's only in that specific circumstance that you described of a direct military conflict between NATO and Russia. So we're afraid he's going to he's going to use nuclear weapons, which he's basically basically indirectly already done. And uh, but that's only going to come from a from a direct tactical uh, confrontation with with NATO and Russia. What the hell is NATO for? You know, this is your neighbor. This is uh, Poland, your neighbor. This is disgusting. And then, of course, uh, after that thermobaric bomb, was he going to go chemical next? Then then now we're talking about what happens when he used chemical weapons. And here's 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 Biden. Mr. Magoo and his response uh, Friday. Your, your White House has said that that Russia may use chemical weapons or create a false flag operation to use them. What evidence have you seen showing that? And would the U.S. have a military response if Putin does launch a chemical weapons attack? I'm not going to speak about the intelligence, but but uh, Russia would pay a severe price if they use chemical. Would the U.S. Would the U.S. send troops in? Do you think Russia feels intimidated by that? Russia's going to pay a severe price if they use chemical weapons. Putin's going, oh, yeah, man, if I wanted a kiss, I would have called your mother. It's pretty disgusting. And now we know Poland, now we know Poland offered 28 MiG-29 fighter jets with the stipulation that the U.S. would be the delivery mechanism to get them from Ramstein Air Force Base in Germany to Ukraine. So... My friend, my friend at the uh, at uh, my friend that I talked to this this week, he told me I think that's a good idea because the Ukrainian pilots are far superior to the uh, to the Russian pilots, and given them given the the planes, giving them more planes would uh, would help them kick uh, Russia's butt. Um, but look at how so Poland is just west, just west of. Uh, of Ukraine. Germany is just west of Poland. So Poland says, we'll take them to Germany, but we want the United States to deliver them from Ramstein Air Force Base in Germany to Ukraine. So nobody nobody wants to be looking like it. I mean, the whole world knows that Poland's giving them the planes. So here, we're going to give you these MiG-29s, but we're going to take them over. 
We're going to take him over to this next county. We're going to, hey, you know what? My next door neighbor needs some some guns to protect himself. So I send him over to his mom's house in uh, 10 miles away and say, hey, your mom can bring him over to your house, even though I could just hand him to you across the fence. So they're sent him over there. They want the United States to go to it. You know, Germany Germany is the is the same weak suck uh, uh, country they've been. Well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna stand strong, but we're just not gonna. You know, hey, we're gonna stand united united with Ukraine, just like Biden said. But we're not gonna do anything. We're just gonna stand over here and and say, go get him, Tiger. On Wednesday, Pentagon spokes. Spokesman John Kirby said he would not be accepting the proposal because, like everything else, fighter jets would be another escalation to Putin. The transfer of combat aircraft right now could be mistaken uh, by Mr. Putin and the Russians as an escalatory step. We need to be careful about every decision we make, that, that we aren't making the potential for escalation worse. Because that's not only not good for NATO, and it's not only not good for the United States and our national security, should this conflict escalate uh, even further, but it's certainly not going to be good for the Ukrainian people uh, to to have uh, what is already uh, a destructive and terrible war get even more destructive and terrible, uh, given the fact that uh, that, that Mr. Putin has other uh, capabilities at, at his disposal. Yeah, uh, Russia has other capabilities at his disposal, so we're just going to let him keep... You know, he's got guns. He's got guns, but right now he's using knives to stab all the Ukrainian people, so I'm using this uh, as a... Uh, as a Not literal. But he's, sta- he's stabbing the Ukrainian people with, with knives, so we don't want him to pull out the guns, so we're just going to let him keep stabbing them with knives because we don't want to make it go bad to worse. Hey, dying is dying. I don't know what the difference is. Hey, one other detail I forgot to add on the on the on the uh, Poland putting their planes in in Germany and then having the United States take them over to uh, to Ukraine so they could actually do something. Then they want the United States to replace those planes to Poland with American planes. So hey, you know what, uh, you guys? There's no gas, so I'm gonna lend you my uh, I'm gonna lend you my electric uh, Chevy Volt. But I want the government to buy me a new Tesla at the same time. I'll give you, I'll give you my Chevy Volt, the ones that that uh, explode when they get rear-ended. Um, and uh, in, but but I'll only do it based on the fact that the government's going to buy me a new Tesla. <clears throat> it's pretty, it's pretty amazing how uh, everybody's just so uh, so generous, so generous. So we rejected Poland's jets, then added insult to injury by sending over the least competent representative of our government for a visit, the Vice President Kamala Harris. Here she is struggling to properly answer a simple reporter's question alongside Polish President Andrzej Duda. What kind of alternative plans does the United States have uh, to get materials to help Ukraine defend itself, uh, especially now that you have declined Poland's offer on jets? I want to be very clear. The United States and Poland are united in what we have done and are prepared to do to help Ukraine and the people of Ukraine. Full stop. And for President Duda, I wanted to know if you think and if you asked the United States to specifically accept more refugees. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) A friend in need is a friend indeed. (laughs) 
That is so cute and funny. You know, it sounds it sounds like uh, sounds like the uh, Will Ferrell in the movie The Campaign. What's it all about? America, Jesus, freedom. Say it again. America, Jesus, freedom. And what does that mean? I don't know, but the people sure love it when I say it. Yeah, I don't know what it means, but America loves it when I say it. You know it. <sighs> you know what? The whole Biden administration. You know, it is the most diverse cabinet we've ever had. We don't have anybody competent in there. We don't have anybody that knows what they're doing. Has any has any, has any uh, understanding of war, the economy, or anything? But they are the most diverse. We got blacks and whites and gays and straights. We got trans transgenders. We got everything. But for those of us that aren't part of the government, we really just want to be protected. We want to make sure that we're protected. We want to make sure that our country's strong. We want to make sure that it protects us from our enemies and uh, and and uh, enforces the laws so we can live our own our own uh, peaceful, enjoyable life. And we don't have that. Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. And America, this is not America that we knew a few years ago. Certainly a year and a half ago. So Ukrainian, so the Ukrainians are still on their own fighting in the streets with the hand-to-hand combat and urban warfare, putting yellow tape around their arms so they can identify each other each other as Ukrainians. Kind of like uh the Russians, the Russians will figure out, hey. If we don't want anybody to know that we're Russians, all we can do is put yellow tape around our arms and they'll think we're Ukrainians so we can sneak into their places and bomb them without them stopping us before we get in. Kind of like January 6th. You know what? We have uh, hundreds of thousands of people peacefully protesting the election that got stolen. Then what happens? Throw about a 50 or 100 thugs from the Democrats with and just put MAGA hats on their head and people will think it's Trump supporters that did it. Amazing. So they're put it. They're putting in a. They're putting in a solid fight in Kiev. On Thursday, they managed to blow up the fleet of Russian tanks, forcing the remaining tanks to turn back. Here's Fox's Trey Yinks reporting on the ground. And those who don't have weapons, they have Molotov cocktails off to the side, preparing to throw them at Russian tanks and trucks that drive by if they make their way into this city. They're pushing everything they can into the streets of this capital. Everything from sandbags to pianos to concrete barriers to dump trucks in the streets of this city to slow the Russian advance. And as you make your way further and further out of the city, you get a real sense of where the Ukrainians are locating their military personnel. They are digging in and preparing for what could be very extensive days of bloody urban battle. You know what, if you see the, if you see the government doing something bad to your neighbor and you see your neighbors, your neighbors fighting, or you see anybody coming in and, and overrunning your neighbor's house and you see your neighbors out there and he's, he's, Pushing his furniture outside and 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 uh, keeping the doors from pe- the, from them coming in the doors, and they're doing everything you can. You know what? You want to help them. And we're seeing these Ukrainian people, men and women, old and young, fighting for their freedom. You know, one man defending his home is stronger than ten hired soldiers. And these soldiers, these soldiers from Russia, they don't even know why they're there. They got sent over there, and okay, why are we why are we killing these people? These young soldiers don't don't even agree with what they're doing, but they're being ordered to do it. But you know, the Ukrainian people are fighting with with all their heart, and you know we see this going on 
On Wednesday, President Zelensky made another plea to European leaders to help uh, for help in establishing a no-fly zone uh, and other support, but this time it was to UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson in the Parliament. I don't have time to go into it in the first half, so I'm going to save that for the second half, and we're going to go to five minutes of traffic, weather, commercials, and sports, and we're going to come back and we're going to we're going to hear uh, what uh, President Vladimir Zelensky uh, said to to uh, Boris Boris Johnson and the and the English Parliament. Don't go away. We'll be right back. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Plant Home Lending. If you're, uh, if I don't talk a lot about real estate and finance on the radio, but there sure is a lot of real estate and finance stuff going on right now. And uh, interest rates are going up and prices of houses are going up. Um, I don't think this is going to continue to go forever. Um, I don't think the, uh, I don't think the uh, prices of houses can keep going up like they are, but for right now they are. And, uh, you know, conditions in California have people moving all over the place. Right now, I'm doing as much business in other states as I am in California. And uh, my phone rings all day. So uh, if you're interested in finding out what you can do to get out, what you can do to do to deal best with what's going on, you know, the world is uncertain. And certainly for you, uh, for you people that are over 62 or have spouses over 62, have equity in your houses. You go, well, I've heard some bad things about reverse mortgages. You know what? It opens up a whole bunch of opportunities financially for you. Um, if you haven't looked into it, call me toll free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. If you haven't, uh, if if you haven't really solidified, you know what your plan is for. Uh, for whether you're staying in California or going in California, whether you should refinance, whether you should do with your bills. If you haven't solidified any of that, should I buy a house? Should I sell my house? Call me toll free at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net. Click on the Planet Home Landing logo. So before we uh, before we ended the first half, we were talking about uh, Ukraine and all the fighting that's going on there, all the pleas for help across the across the across the globe. And nobody's doing anything. We're all, as as Biden said it, we're standing together. We put together our coalition and we're standing together. We stayed together. We haven't done crap. We haven't done anything. These people are dying. Zelensky's in there fighting fighting, and he's pleading to the to the other countries. So on uh, on two on Wednesday, Wednesday, he made a 20-minute speech in front of Parliament and Boris Johnson. Let me play two minutes of it. On day four, we started uh, getting people captive. We have not been torturing them. On day five, the terror against us was going on against children, against cities, and constant shelling had been taking place uh, around the country, including hospitals. And that didn't break us. On day eight, we have seen Russian tanks uh, hitting uh, the atomic power station. And everybody got to understand that this is the terror against everyone. On day nine, there was a meeting of NATO countries without the um, result that we were looking for. 
um, we did feel that unfortunately that the alliances don't work properly always and the no-fly zone cannot be enforced and on day 10 the Ukrainians started protesting. We will not give up and we will not lose. We will fight in the forests, in the fields, on the shores, in the streets. We are looking for your help, for the help of the civilized countries. And I'm, I'm very grateful to you, Boris. And please recognize this country as a terrorist state. And please make sure that our Ukrainian skies are safe. Please make sure that you do what needs to be done. Best of all to Ukraine and uh, to the United Kingdom. Do you hear, do you hear how he ended that? You hear the hear the applause, the standing ovation. Same thing that happened in uh, in front of the EU. But what happened? Nothing. Nothing. Where where is the civilized world here? I understand there's politics, but there's got to be something that we can do to stop this bully. I just don't understand it. I just don't understand it. I don't understand. Uh, I just don't understand the strategy, and I feel like we just don't have anybody competent doing anything about it. So let's go on to uh, the Russian oil ban and American gas prices, because this is something that we're all experiencing. It only took two weeks of bloodshed with thousands dead and 2.2 million Ukrainians driven out of their country, but Joe Biden has finally said that the U.S. won't be part of subsidizing the Russian war. Yeah, well, you've been, because remember, we weren't we weren't buying... Uh, oil from Russia we, during the Trump years. We had the XL pipeline going. We had us drilling everywhere. We were uh, a net exporter of energy because we were uh, so we were we were uh, generating so much crude oil that we had more than enough to uh, to power our own country. But by us turning things off and us starting to buy buy oil from Russia. And the and Europe starting to to buy Russia from from uh, Russia, and you remember the Nord Stream two uh, pipeline. Trump put a stop to that. He told Germany, "Hey, we're paying to protect you guys from Russia, but you're gonna buy energy from Russia? No, 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 no. That's not how it's gonna happen. You're either gonna support, you're gonna defend yourselves, or you're gonna buy energy from us. But." Day one in Biden's administration, that all stopped. So he's not going to he's not going to subsidize the Russian war. You've been doing it for a year and a half. After weeks of Americans saying they would support a ban on buying oil from Russia, and six full days after Nancy Pelosi expressed support for the idea, the president announced that the U.S. would move forward with a ban on Russian oil. Then he got on the phone with Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, and Iran to beg for theirs. You know, you should have got on the on the on the phone with Alaska and Texas and North Dakota, and maybe got got them uh, got them to send us some oil, and uh, put some people back to uh, back to work. Here's Biden's announcement on Tuesday. The United States is targeting the main artery of Russia's economy. We're banning all imports of Russian oil and gas and energy. That means Russian oil will no longer be acceptable at U.S. ports, and the American people will deal another powerful blow to Putin's war machine. Yeah, another powerful blow to Putin's war machine. That's what we're going to do. 
there are more machines already there. And at this point, he's not backing off because he, we, you know, if, uh, if Trump was in there, he would have seen all the Russia lining their military up on Ukraine border. And he would have said, Hey, 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 hey. we see what you're doing. We're going to put sanctions on your country. So until you back the hell off. You know, Biden's Biden's administration said we can't put the sanctions on because he hasn't done anything yet. Yeah, but common sense, common sense says, hey, you move your military over to the Ukraine border, and uh, and what are you, what are you planning on doing? You're gonna invade. Trump would have had would have had the stones to push him back, and none of this would have happened. Biden's not that smart. Behind the scenes, the delay for the announcement was due to two days of infighting between the White House and Congress. As a bipartisan bill moved through the Ways and Means Committee to initiate a ban, Biden's team begged begged them to stop the bill so the president could take credit for making the ban. So in other words, our Congress and our Senate is starting to say, hey, Biden's an idiot. We've got to do something. And we're going to start a bill that says we're banning Russian, Russian oil in our country. And then Biden goes, wait, 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 wait. Don't do that. It's going to make me look bad if you guys do it. <clears throat> but, you know, they, they called on, uh, they, so he called the Nancy Pelosi and uh, Chuck Schumer to try and stop it. Here's the report from Fox's Jackie Heinrich. So between 9 o'clock last night and 10.45 this morning, there's been a significant amount of friction behind the scenes. Uh, this all began on Sunday night, I'm told, when Ways and Means Democrats announced a bipartisan bill they were introducing to ban all Russian energy imports and remove Russia from permanent normalized trade relations, meaning that they'd lose most favored nation status on tariffs. But the White House asked that committee to stop down. And yesterday, the committee wanted to move forward. So the White House, I'm told, called Speaker Pelosi to stop that bill from reaching the floor. She would not stand in the way. So the president himself called Pelosi around 9 o'clock last night. That effort still went nowhere, so the White House then moved to target Senator Wyden via Chuck Schumer to try to get it to fall apart on the Senate side so the White House could lead the effort and not have this come from Congress. Yeah, uh, hey, uh, Nancy, uh, 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 this is uh, uh, Joe. Uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, I'll have chocolate chip tonight. Okay, and uh, uh, Nancy, could you just stop that? I don't want it. I don't want it to look like you guys are doing. I want to make sure that they know that I'm making these smart decisions. Uh, uh, uh Joe. Uh, 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 hold on. I gotta put in my my poly grip. Okay. Uh, nah. I don't think we're gonna do that. All right. I'll call the other lispy guy, uh, Wy- Senator Wyman, and see if that'll work. Meanwhile, Biden wants. But meanwhile, Biden wants everyone to know. That when we start paying eight or nine dollars a gallon for gas, it won't be because he stopped us from drilling, or he stopped the pipelines, or that he stopped the 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 ban on the Nord Stream two. He wants to know it's uh it's because we didn't pass the Build Back Better, or Americans couldn't afford electric cars, or maybe we didn't get enough people vaccinated. I'm going to do everything I can to minimize Putin's price hike here at home. It's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. The oil and gas industry has millions of acres leased. They have 9,000 permits to drill now. They could be drilling right now, yesterday, last week, last year. Loosening environmental regulations or pulling back clean energy investment won't. Let me explain. Won't. Will not lower energy prices for families. But transforming our economy to run on electric vehicles powered by clean energy with tax credits to help American families winterize their homes and use less energy, that will, that will help. 
Yeah, having having people winterize their homes to to save energy that'll help uh, gas prices and uh, you know buy an electric car for sixty thousand bucks. You know, winterize your home for. Uh, you know, let's blow some more insulation in your walls in your attic. Let's let that's that's not very expensive. And you know, uh, a new uh, electric vehicle for sixty grand, that's not very expensive. Uh, you know, these are the things that could help. And don't forget to get vaccinated. It's amazing. And you know, when he says it wasn't it wasn't his policies, uh, and all these all these leases are available for these people to drill. There's been oil executives on on TV for the last week and a half. Hey, these oil leases are BS. You know, these you know these places are, hey, it's an oil lease. You don't know if there's any gas there or any oil there or natural gas or anything there. There's a whole bunch of red tape that 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 uh is in the way. And this regulation is what creates what creates the same thing that creates other uh, companies to move to other countries so they can operate more economically that that uh Trump was taking away. It's the same thing that choked out the mortgage industry. We had all these, all these, all these, uh, and if you, and I think this is, pay, I think this is chapter twenty in my book. Um, all these regulations, all these, all these uh, government decisions that caused the subprime crisis. And what did they do? They got the same two guys that created the subprime crisis, uh, Christopher Dodd and Barney Frank, to to write a new law that would write the that would write the ship, and it choked it choked out the uh, mortgage industry so much. I can tell you, I was wholesale capital back then, and when the last piece of it went into went into place, I had to add a million dollars a year in overhead. A million dollars a year with more departments, more people, new software programs in order to comply with that, which eventually meant to me merging with a bigger company. So, uh, so this is this is the stuff that they're not talking about. Hey, there's nine thousand leases they could drill on. That's bull. That's 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 only a little piece of the. That's only a little piece of it. They don't want to tell everybody because they know we don't know we don't know what goes into uh, exp- exploration for oil. We don't know about all that stuff. And then you think about, and then think about what what these gas prices are doing to people. Remember three years ago, or let's say 2018, the minimum wage in California was ten dollars and fifty cents an hour. So someone working for minimum wage at McDonald's or you know what kids do when they uh, when they're working in high school, they're working for forty hours at ten fifteen an hour. That's eighteen twenty a month, which means they take home about thirteen sixty five and using seventy five percent. When it went up to fifteen dollars an hour, which it is in California now, that's twenty six hundred dollars a month, which means they take home nineteen fifty, which is a five hundred eighty five dollar. Uh, $585 a month difference in their take home. Wow, look at what we did. We raised the wages. All right. So let's say you got a 15 15 gallon tank and you fill it up once a week. That's $30 a week. That's $130 a month. Then look at what the price of fuel has done to the price of groceries. So add $200 to your budget there. Then look at what the price of fuel has done to the, the your utilities. And wait till everybody's got Wait till everybody's got electric cars. Watch what the price of electricity does. So the price of utilities goes up one hundred and fifty dollars. There's a all your whole way, a whole all your whole raise. Raising the price of raising the minimum wage doesn't change things. It just moves the whole the free market will just adjust. But nobody understands that. Well, you know, people aren't uh, making enough money. They should work harder. No, we should just make the employers pay them more money. 
all right, well, then the, the employers are just going to raise the price of their goods because they have to eat too. It's amazing. Um, so on Wednesday, a reporter asked Biden, getting back to the, getting back to my outline here. On Wednesday, a reporter asked Biden what he wanted the American people to know about, about their gas prices. Here's his tone deaf reply. going to go up. Yeah, the prices are going to go up. Can't do much right now. Russia's responsible. When do you hear a, a American president say they can't do anything about it? Russia's responsible. I can't do anything about it. That's who we put in the White House? You want to tell me that, that 80 million people or 84 million people in America voted to put a, put a moron like that in the White House? I don't buy that BS. Because I know the truth. Whether you like Trump or not, Trump was Trump was running our country based on what's best for the country. So back to gas prices in California, in California here where we're paying five five dollars and forty four cents a gallon, which is the uh, uh, the AAA's uh, average, um, the average across the uh, California. I've I have actually paid. I've seen prices as high as almost seven bucks. I don't think I've paid more than about five sixty nine. Uh, but here, here the Democrats are are wagging their fingers at us for wanting energy independence. Here's Congressman John Garamendi, who I call Lurch because he looks like uh, John Kerry's brother, who represents the newly drawn Eighth District of Northern California. The United States has increased its petroleum production to the highest level ever. That's what's happening today, all across the United States, and we get oil from many, many places. Two percent of our oil comes from Russia. No big deal. It's gone. We don't need the Keystone Pipeline to solve this problem. Uh, yeah, all evidence to the contrary. We don't need the Keystone Pipeline. You know, uh, people that work on the Keystone Pipeline say they were a year from being completed. You know, they could have it up and running, and that'll bring in 850, 850 million barrels of oil a day, or is it 850,000 barrels of oil a day? I think it's 850,000 barrels of oil. And uh, when they open up Anwar, between Anwar and North Dakota and all the other federal lands that we are drilling on, we bring in like 20 million barrels of oil a day, which is more than what America uses. But the, uh, and that's why we were a net, net exporter of oil. And isn't it sad when you see America producing more products than it can use and we're selling them across the globe? That's called strength. I heard somebody say, I don't remember who said it, someone, in order for a country to be free, you have to generate your own energy, be able to defend yourself and make your own weapons, and you be able to feed your, feed your, your people yourselves without any outside help. We were there before. The trickle-down effect of stupidity is just like trickle-down economics. It does work, and trickle-down stupidity works as well. When you just, when you, hey, let's just cut off our energy, our energy, it trickles down to everything else. Okay, let's talk about, let's talk about our state now. Let's talk about the intelligence of how our state runs. Uh, and, you know, Nancy Pelosi's nephew, who we had a chance to recall, and for some reason, we said, no, we want to keep him in there. Can you wonder, after you hear this part, you're going to say, I wonder why people are moving out of California. I don't know. 
So uh, Gavin Newsom gave his State of the State address in Sacramento on Tuesday, uh, which most people, unless you watch uh, local news, didn't hear anything about. He delivered his message called The California Way to the State Legislator. What's the California Way, you ask? It's Newsom's non-binary approach to our state's problems, starting with gas prices. So I said, what does he mean by non-binary? That means, hey, there's right and wrong, but it shouldn't just be right or wrong. There should be all kinds of other different ways. You know, you're not just a boy or a girl. There's a whole bunch of other different options to be, you know, as to what your gender is. And there's a whole bunch of different other ways that you could be between right and wrong. You know, we've had this country's been here for 250 years and we've had some things that work really great, but we don't want to just use the time, the time valued, uh, 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 knowledge that we've gained and the wisdom we've gained from making mistakes in the past. We want to come up with some new ideas. So remember the gas tax we tried to repeal four years ago before Democrats scared voters into rejecting it. Now Newsom wants to give us relief from the from the tax by either suspending an increase or proposing a gas tax rebate. The, the California way means rejecting old binaries and finding new solutions to big problems. Take, for example, climate policy. California has no peers. For years, we've set the rules and others have followed. But over time, we've learned we can't solve big problems like climate change situationally with short-term thinking. No one's naive about the moment we're living in with high gas prices and the geopolitical uncertainty that's fueling them. In January, we proposed a pause to the gas tax increase. Now, it's clear we have to go farther. And that's why working with legislative leadership, I'll be submitting a proposal to put money back in the pockets of Californians to address rising gas prices. Hey, remember that gas tax, that gas tax increase was six cents a gallon. At this point, hey, this is when we need Hillary Clinton to come in. At this point, what difference will it make? Six cents won't do squat for anybody. Well, we're going to give a tax, 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 gas tax rebate. We're going to give that back to you. Wow, that's great. That's like when uh, when uh, your rich grandma gives you a card for, for your birthday and there's nothing in it. Apparently, the mask, the mask mandate, school closures, and business lockdowns that triggered untold consequences to the livelihood and mental health of Californians are also part of the California way. No state took bolder steps to, to protect public health and human life over the last two years. Our lockdowns, distressing as they were, saved lives. Our mask mandates. Our mask mandates saved lives. Yeah, let's not talk about the, uh, the teenagers that, that uh, social isolation led them to suicide. Let's not talk about those. Because our mass saves lives. Also part of the California way, rewarding everyone who forced their way here illegally with free health care. Just consider what we did last year for middle class here in our state. We sent $12 billion back, the largest state tax rebate in American history. But we didn't stop there. We didn't stop there. We raised the minimum wage. We increased paid sick leave. We provided more paid family leave. We expanded childcare to help working parents. And this year, with your support, we will do something no other state in America has done, provide health for all, regardless of immigration status. 
That's the California way. Yep, that's the California way. Provide health care for illegal aliens that snuck over the border. Yeah, and I, and I already talked about what, hey, we raised the minimum wage. We gave out free child care, all this stuff. You know, he didn't give it, you know, free paid, uh, paid the leave, sick leave. He didn't do any of that stuff. They created laws that made our made the, the corporations do that for their employees. And what did that do? Trickle up idiocy trickled up. Created all this inflation that we're dealing with now. You know what? Cause and effect. It works. The free market. It always works. Next California way is about ignoring the homelessness crisis for three years and then throwing $50 million at it once it becomes completely unmanageable. But there's another crisis, all too familiar, and that's the crisis of homelessness, which we know has worsened over the last decade, not only here in California, but all across our nation. You know, it was just a few years ago, California lacked any comprehensive strategy, no accountability, and no meaningful state resources to solve the problem. But that's all changed. In just the past three years, we not only have a comprehensive plan, we're also requiring new accountability and providing unprecedented investments for cities and counties on the front lines. And while we've moved a record 58,000 people off the streets, 58,000 off the streets since the beginning of the pandemic, we recognize, we all recognize we have more work to do, particularly to address what's happening on our sidewalks, reaching people who need the most help. Those with schizophrenia spectrum and psychosis disorders, many self-medicating with drug or alcohol addictions. And that's precisely what our encampment resolution grants and our new care court seek to address. All a bunch of malarkey. If you don't see it happening in, in your town, in your neighborhood, then it ain't happening. Anyway, there's there's a few other things that I left out, but I'm uh, out of time for this episode of the main event. So uh, keep listening. I will keep uh, reporting. And uh, my name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening. And I'll be back again with you next week. <laughs>